The most merciful thing in the world is the inability of the human mind to correlate all its contents. We live on a placid island of ignorance in the midst of the black seas of infinity, and it was not meant we should voyage far. H.P. Lovecraft, The Call of Cthulhu. You are listening to Sonic Dawn. Tonight's story is a tale called Breathe by Thomas Enders. Nathan woke to solid blackness, the kind where you can't tell if your eyes were open or closed, if you were asleep or awake, if you were alive or dead. He blinked once, twice, nothing, less than nothing. Confusion slowly blossomed into the tingly warm grip of panic. Oh God, his clothes were wet, drenched with salty water that he could feel drying on his face and lips. He was laying on some metal surface, cold and unyielding. Nathan felt the smooth, wet metal with the tips of his fingers. His eyes were wide but unseeing. His fingers found the edge of the metal surface and groped what was below it. He heard a small splash as his fingers brushed the frigid water below. In an instant, a rush of chilling memory came to him through the darkness. What seemed like just moments ago, he was on an ocean liner destined for New Zealand. They'd gone off course after a powerful storm had tossed them like a leaf in the wind. They'd made it out of the storm intact, a bit bruised up from the constant thrashing, but nothing little scotch couldn't take care of once they got to the port. Nathan found himself craving scotch straight up in a low ball glass with a cigar on the side. He shook the thought out of his head. He needed to stay in the moment, figure out what had happened, and how he got himself into this mess. The last thing he remembered was the shaking in his bunk as something scrapped against the hull. He remembered being in deep water in the middle of the Pacific, so it couldn't have been an iceberg, and it definitely couldn't have been any kind of reef that sunk the ship. He remembered that he had felt the ship start to slide onto its side like a wounded animal, once the water started to flow onto the gash on its side. Why hadn't they looked for him as they were scrambling for the lifeboats? Did they know something that he didn't? He swept his fingers against the water again in frustration, as if trying to claw at the very ocean itself. The sound seemed muted, dying before it could reverberate off of any distant surface. Taking deep, calming breaths, Nathan closed his eyes tightly and forcibly tried to calm himself. He focused on the beating of his heart, which seemed much too loud and booming. Suddenly, from the dark ether, came a squeaking, grinding sound. Nathan jerked his whole body toward the source of the sound. There it was again, a horrible groaning of metal that was buckling under some enormous pressure. Nathan had finally pieced the pieces of the picture together from the fragments that were dancing around in his screaming, terror-struck brain. He was most likely in the process of sinking through the abyssal depths of the Brini Ocean, or had already reached the bottom. He felt around the darkness for any familiar shapes in his surroundings. His arm touched a long metal object that led to a circular concave piece of metal at its end, and after fumbling around and banging into the wall, grabbed a ceramic smooth disc. He surmised that he must be in the kitchen area, lying on a counter that was meant for the preparation of food. He smiled to himself a little, a mental map of the area from one end of the kitchen to the other, sweeping it and tracing the outlines of what he remembered from the two weeks he'd been on the ship while it was still buoyant. The water had risen right up to the edge of the metal counter that he was now sitting on. 
he decided that he would try and find an exit in the cold, cold water that surrounded him. His composure was beginning to return as he took off his soaked shirt and shorts and wrung them out. A rescue party would be sent after him soon enough. There must have been a few people that escaped once the ship started sinking with no apparent cause. At the very least, there must have been a distress signal that was sent out. Right? While he was repeating these words in his head as a sort of incantation meant to banish dreadful thoughts, he couldn't help know in the back of his mind that he was more fucked than he'd ever been. He dipped his leg into cold water and it sent a shiver up his spine. The water was ice cold. He knew he'd get hypothermia if he spent more than two minutes in it. He decided that it wasn't worth the risk. What if there was no exit? What if the hallways of the lower decks have been crushed under the ocean pressure? What if there was no other air pockets in this ship? Nathan knew it would be the best to wait and see if he'd be rescued rather than taking unnecessary risks. He sat on the seven foot by three foot metal counter and waited. He had no way of telling how long he'd be waiting. The darkness devoured all time. He couldn't tell if he'd be sitting for minutes or hours. Without the sun to guide him, he couldn't tell if it was day or night. He drifted in and out of sleep, or so he thought. He couldn't tell if he was dreaming or beginning to hallucinate vivid scenes playing out in his head. For a moment, Nathan thought he felt strong hands hoist him down from the counter, through the ship's wreckage and away through the sea towards daylight. He was almost hysterical when he realized that none of that had happened, and he was still on the same hard counter that he had been on for an unimaginable amount of time. All of it lost to the darkness. He sat until he began hearing things. At first, the incessant creaking of the ship's carcass took a suspicious and eerie quality. The creaks morphed into a screeching sound, as some unholy monstrosity was attempting to break through the steel shell surrounding Nathan, like he was a sardine inside of a can. Occasionally, he heard something brush up against the outside of the ship. Something massive. When this would happen, he could swear that the ship had shifted minutely, repelled from the force of whatever was outside. Nathan shook his head. He was dreaming or imagining all of this. He found himself becoming less and less concerned about the imaginary creatures that were looming outside the ship and more concerned about the rumbling in his stomach. He hadn't eaten since the afternoon when the ship had been pulled down by these creatures. Down, down, down into the endless deep. No, it was a stray iceberg or a rock or a leak. It must have been. Was it even the same day since he found himself trapped in this hell? He needed food. If he could just get food, he'd feel much better. Maybe then these intrusive thoughts would cease. Nathan felt around the walls of the kitchen. If there was food anywhere in the ship, it'd be here in the cabinets or stashed in a refrigerator. He reached the end of the counter and struck out his arm as far as he could. Nothing. No tables or chairs. Nothing solid that he could jump to that was within arm's reach. He slowly slid his foot to the icy water beneath him. His skin began to feel numb as he eased himself into the water. It wasn't so bad once he got used to it. He was up to his chest before the ship had tilted as it sunk. He walked on the tips of his toes trying to keep as much of himself dry as he could. He swept his arms out in front of him as he was careful not to step on something sharp. He took his time in making his way through the kitchen. He patted the walls until he found cupboard doors. He felt his heart jump. Food at last! He flung his hand blindly into the cupboards, one after the other, but each time, they came back empty. The food must have all been washed away, turned into a feast for the pale, slimy-skinned things that writhed all around the ship. Becoming frantic, Nathan began sloshing from one end of the kitchen to the other, feeling for anything that he could relieve the knots that were twisting around his stomach. 
Anything that could silence the shouting in his head. He took one wrong step and stopped in his tracks. His foot had caught on something. He wasn't imagining it this time. There was really something in the water. For just a second, he felt something long and thin curl around his ankle. It was slick and warm, but made him feel colder than he already was. Nathan jumped out of the water, crashing through floating pots and pans, spraying water everywhere on his way back to the relative safety of the metal counter. He was shivering, wet, and worst of all, his mind was racing a mile a minute, full of images of horrid creatures with huge white eyes and dozens of slippery tendrils. They were all around him. He knew it. He could sense their presence past the moans of the ship and the slashing water that he'd emerged from. He curled himself up as far from the water as he could get. Fear had taken hold of him. He could barely breathe. His eyes shot through the darkness, conjuring murky, shifting shapes from nothing. Small blinking lights filled his eyes and darted around his head like fireflies. His head began hurting as the stress of the moment subsided. He clutched at the sides of his head and let out a short, guttural cry which bounced off the walls of the kitchen. He was drained, tired, hungry, and most of all, terrified. Terrified that there was something else with him inside the kitchen, but even more terrified that there was nothing there and that he was alone, slowly coming apart at the seams. He must have been curled up there for hours before he decided to drink the seawater. He heard stories of sailors who'd gone crazy after ingesting it in desperate situations. He knew exactly what it would do to him, but he couldn't help himself. He gulped the brinny liquid down, kneeling over the sides of the counter and scooping it into his mouth with both hands. It was momentarily refreshing, but almost immediately he felt the satisfaction sucked away as the moisture left his mouth. He kept drinking until it came back up, but he still wasn't satisfied. Nathan began to feel a familiar feeling begin to take hold again. Panic clutched in him again, and he felt the walls of the ship crushing in on him. The kitchen was too small. The ship was too small. Had the air bubble shrank since he'd awoke? How much carbon dioxide had he breathed into the air already? Nathan decided that he'd find a way out. He needed a way out, and he was going to get one. With the ship tilted so that the hallways were almost completely toward the bottom of the ship, Nathan knew that they'd be filled with water, and perhaps other things. <laughs> Thank you.